This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is JP with the Golden State Warriors. Now back to Willard and All right. Uh, boy, I wonder if Jordan's rethinking uh, helping us out with... Uh, with uh, with our show, uh, based on the takes right now. Look, um, he's an exciting player. I've had fun watching Jordan Poole, and I will forever, forever respect um, somebody who goes from late in the first round to sort of like brushed aside, goes to the G League. Um, every report we've heard and, and things that we know, Jordan Poole is one of the hardest workers on this team. So nothing I'm saying today is is out of disrespect to Jordan Poole and how he's built himself. Yeah. However, do I think that Jordan Poole, and I don't even, I'm not. this is not a blame or fault. Is he at the center? Is he the epicenter of the divide on this team? Is he at the epicenter of the divide? My answer is yes. My answer is no. Why? Because he's a young player. Now, if he is at the epicenter of the divide, I don't think that it's his fault that he's at the epicenter of the divide. I agree. I think that the divide comes from... So, is he at the epicenter of the divide? Maybe. And I I think I will allow that. Well, in terms (laughs) of... I'm having a hard time with it, Mark, because... If he's at the epicenter, then by proxy, it feels like it's his fault. And I don't think that it's his fault. No, it's so not his I'm going to agree with you that he is at the epicenter. But, it's but not I'm going to say it's not his fault. Right. He got paid $128 million in the offseason. And before that, Draymond Green openly asked for a max contract extension. And I don't know if the organization laughed at Draymond Green, but they didn't entertain his thoughts in terms of what he wanted. And I'm sure that that frustrated Draymond Green. So Jordan Poole gets a bag. Jordan Poole gets popped in the face in a practice in preseason. And whatever carryover effect from that, we will never know. But what we do know is this. The way Jordan Poole plays basketball doesn't necessarily jibe with the way Steph, Clay, and Draymond want him to play basketball. Yeah. And Jordan Poole has become a very good NBA player. He's developed his game in a very fast way. He's become a, quote, real one. But he hasn't really developed in the way that this team wants him to develop in terms of ball movement, player movement, and all the rest of it. So is he at the epicenter of the divide? Yes, he is. But it's not his fault. And I also will say... It's not his fault that this team was one game above 500. I blame Steph Clay and Dre long before I blame Jordan Poole. That's interesting. It, th- this is literally one of those situations where, um, and I know we love to do this, It's we're almost forced to do it, to decide who's to blame. I'm what not, we do as humans. I know, but I'm not sure blame is the right word when it comes to this. This is, we've talked a lot about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens the last two weeks. Who do you blame? I don't blame really anyone. I can actually sit in a room with either one of them and go, yep, 
Totally get your point. Yeah. Like well, the Browns are stupid. I get it. That's uh, a tougher one for and me. And Lamar's like, but Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson are getting paid this, and so I should get paid that. And I'm like, yep, you're right too. And yeah. So I totally understand why you guys I see that. Right. So with the Warriors, it's sort of like what I said during the changeover. These are understandable mistakes because there's no way that you could have predicted two things. You could not predict they were going to win it all last year. You thought the you thought the core was done winning titles. You did, and guess what? Almost everybody else did, too, if we're really going to be honest with ourselves. Yeah, you so, didn't. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, I, you believed I thought it. it was within the realm of possibility. Right. Sure. I, I didn't think it was. And, you know, and maybe this year is the year where I'm proven right because I've said all year this year that I don't believe that they're a real championship <laughs> contender. And, you know, coming off of last night and coming off of a soft Tuesday in OKC, it's looking more and more like I might be right. I don't want to be right. I'm a diehard Warrior fan. This is the one team that I love more than any other team in the Bay Area. When I look at who's to blame, and unfortunately, when a season goes the way this season's going, and you have all this championship pedigree, when I look at the reasons why you're not winning games, I don't look at the fourth-year guy who's only making $3.7 million. I look at the top first. Uh, and that's fair. I, what, what I'm saying is if I go to each individual in the room and say, if I were them, how would I have done it differently? If I were Steph, Clay, and Dre, I'd have totally done what they did. Why wouldn't you? They're like, yo, I got two, three, four years left in this career. We're elite. We're a dynasty. We just won it again. Go get us some pieces that matter for the rest of our careers. Why would the war? Why would those three care what the Warriors look like in eight years? Why yeah, they wouldn't? They wouldn't. Uh, why and am I, I going to ask them to care? Okay, so if you so if that's their take, I get it. Now, if I'm Jordan Poole, why the hell? What I mean, what would I do differently? I'm young. I'm upcoming. I'm 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 dynamic. I'm trying to get the money. I get it. Now, is he a little bit chirpy and cocky with his teammates? Maybe. Is that rare in the NBA? No. It's not rare on that team. Exactly. And Draymond Green actually uh, applauded that earlier in the year. Jordan is totally allowed to have confidence in himself and want to get the bag and scream money time and, and, and build your career, young fella. Nothing wrong with that. Now, if I'm the front office, this is the one that I think gets people. What would you have them do? They do, in my opinion, they look flippy floppy. But I get it. Because at the beginning of the year, they wanted to both super serve the big three and preserve the future. And they tried to do that. They they, brought in Dante Adivincenzo and Jermichael Green. They did. And gave two young players. I know Wiggins is a little bit of a hybrid, but they gave two young players... Big contract extensions. They entered James Wiseman into the lineup. Right. They did all of these things that were to preserve the future. And the problem with the whole thing is they came out and stunk. And so, therefore, the big three ended up with more voice in the room, in my opinion, because they're like, hey, guys, we can't win with these pups. They don't know what they're doing yet, and we don't have time to wait. And then the organization flippy-floppied, and they agreed However, See, I don't know if that's a flippy floppy. I think it's a pivot, not a panic. Because well, you realize that sure, Wiseman's not the sauce, and you got something for him, allegedly, if GP2 of. can ever play. Yeah. So 
I think that they went into it, like you're saying, with one mindset of, and they never have said the phrase two timelines. That was a media and fan creation, but the overarching feeling... They lived it, though. They, 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 lived they it. absolutely lived it, and... You know, Wiseman wasn't the guy. You got something for him, theoretically. And Kaminga, turns out, he is a piece. Now, should you have played him more earlier or not? That, I don't know, we can ever determine if, if, if he would have been better had he played more earlier. It turns out he's a good, solid piece. We don't know how long he'll be out. Moses Moody's the one that has me scratching my head. Totally. Because... Last year, eight months ago, it felt like he was on the come, and now he's in Santa Cruz. He done just lost his, yeah, he lost his, uh, he lost his mojo. Yeah, one last time. He lost his mojo. There you go. <laughs> for the people, you yeah. know? Oh, yeah, people yeah. It's like. I'm going to miss that. I did. That, I, 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 Moses Moody is the Austin Powers of this team, man. He, he done lost his mojo. And I know you got. Mojo. Yeah, he's got, he's got to go find it. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know where it is. I don't think it's in Santa Cruz either, by the way. By the way, did you see Anthony Lamb's night last night in Santa Cruz? No, he played again, huh? Oh my God, was, was, did he go off? He would, no, it was the opposite. It was dreadful. Oh, no. 0 for 6 from 3. I think he had like 6 points in almost 30 minutes. He was awful. I don't know if that matters or not. Like, you know, it, the, the pivot, as you put it, hasn't worked. That's the thing. If you're going to pivot, and for instance, the big pivot was, okay, fine, let's turn the number two pick in the draft into a damaged Gary Payton the second. That was your pivot, and then you don't even get to play him. So whatever they've tried to do to cobble together a bench in the wake of these young guys not being good enough hasn't worked, and that's why they're 34 and 33. And, and so I don't know necessarily who's to use the word blame for that. I find it all very an understandable version of this story. But the reason I use the epicenter of the divide yeah. on Jordan Poole, again, he just, he didn't like take that role. He just sort of is that. He's the best of the young core, and he's the one who got paid, and he's the one who plays an important role on this team. Therefore, he's the one who speaks for the young group, and he does it loudly and brashly. And therefore, the big three uh, know that they need to play with him. But we've watched repeatedly how sometimes that drives them up the wall. So he is the epicenter of the divide. He's the guy getting people to throw mouthpieces. And he does take on some of the blame. And I, I don't think that you can look at this year so far, one game above 500, and use any word other than blame. Because this team should be better than this. You should be better than this on the road with Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins when he plays, Looney, Pool, the rest of it. You should be better than this on the road, and you should be better than this in general. In a Western Conference that is replete with mediocrity, you should not be one of them. So when you look at it, I do think it's fair to assign blame. And I do think that Steve Kerr, and he would shoulder a lot of the blame as the coach because for whatever reason, he has not gotten this team interested in playing defense. Yeah. And it's beyond Jordan Poole and offensively and the dysfunctionality of this team offensively. Last night, Mark, you gave up 48 points in the first quarter to a Memphis team that didn't have John Morant, its best scorer by far. Steven Adams, a big man who should have been giving you trouble. If you look at the guys who beat you last night, and I, I was listening to Bonte and Joe this morning, and every time Bonte does this, 
it makes me think about the fact that the Warriors have made stars out of guys that I've never heard oh of. Oh my gosh, repeatedly. This year. Last night it was Conchar and uh, that guy whose name it starts with an A. Yeah, the name that starts with an A. Abby, I can't tell you. Abby, Abby, all, almost. I gotta Google it. Almost. <laughs> Aldama. Sure. Chanchar By the and way, Aldama. every time that happened, like the TNT broadcast, because it's loud, and if you're in the other room, you're cooking some food or whatever. I kept thinking that they were saying Obama. I'm like, wait a minute. Did he get reelected? What? Wait, what happened? Like, they're like, eh, for three, Obama! And I'm like, wait, what's his name? But we've done that every... Santee Aldama. We've done this every game this year, it feels like. And sure, it's not every game, but almost every game. It, it, you might as well call... It's a league pass night. Totally. And, and what that means is, if you don't know, for me at least, what League Pass means is not what it means for you. It's not like, yeah, I got League Pass and I watch all the games. It's, let's get to know this dude you've never heard of because right. tonight, he rocking 27 points. Against the Warriors. You're like, what? Yeah. And that's where, in last night, it was Chanchar and Aldama. Yeah. And I know they didn't, quote, lead the way, but... He had 15 points off the bench, this right. uh, Obama guy. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. He had 15 Thank you. Uh, you had more than Dylan Brooks. Thank you, Obama. <laughs> thank you, Aldama. It's tremendous. Yeah. Next time we get Low Neal on, you gotta have him. We gotta have him do his Obama. I know it's, it's a good one. It's not very I'm, good. It's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> he just uh, no, no, no. the way no, no. he does it. He no, no, no. he does the yeah, forward a, increments. It's a cadence. It's about a cadence. It's a, absolutely it's, the way he does it. Though he thinks that it's a five out of five. But it's really a two. And I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Phenomenal who knew. Thank you. It's, every, it's, every time Aldama put one in, I read his lips. He was like, yes, we can. And he <laughs> would run you. down to the si other end of the court. Thank you. Uh, 48 hey, points in the first, bro. That's the stupidest thing. Like, I mean, what? You said that this morning. What, what stupid. What point, what point total do you Thanks, just Obama. start laughing? To me, 33 is where you get annoyed. 38 is where you get angry. 40 is offensive. 40, 42 offensive. is offensive. 48 is, I'm like rolling Stupid. on, like R-O-F-L. I'm rolling on the floor laughing. That's just dumb. 48 points in a quarter. I don't know if they could score that even if you just sat and watched. Right. And I, I mentioned it in the changeover. The last three games, they were a minus 10 in the first quarter. And then you go out mm. and you give up 20. So now they're a minus 15 over the last three games in first quarter point differential. They're 20th on the year in the association in first quarter scoring. <sighs> the Warriors need some change we can believe in. Um, and I would like <laughs> um, on fire. I would like you to win two tickets to the Warriors game. I can believe in that. The Warriors and Spurs, March 31st. Uh, another gentle reminder that all you have to do to win, literally, you don't need to fill out any forms or anything. You just oh. need to listen on the app. That's it. Just download the Odyssey app, listen on 957thegame.com. And it's not just listening. The longer you listen, the more chances you have to win. One free entry for every hour that you listen. Every hour that you listen, another chance to win up to eight entries per day. Download the Odyssey app, listen to all of our shows on the Odyssey app or 957 The Game, and end up at Chase Center where the Warriors win. Let's go to Richard in Vallejo on Willard and Dibs. Hey, Richard, what are you doing? I'm listening to you guys, and I'm wondering why there's not a lot of focus on Steve Kerr. Okay, let's talk about him. This whole this whole season, they've played what? How many different starting lineups? Uh, Twenty eight. Yep. Well, to that, 
I mean, I might have made that up, Richard. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot, Richard, a lot. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you know what that is. First of all, would you suggest that Steve don't tinker when it's not working? Plus, injuries are a part of that as well. But go ahead. Oh, I don't suggest that. But the lineup last night, a college team would have beat the Warriors. I agree that last night's lineup was bad. Yes, <laughs> really bad. And then to make it worse. When he subs in, he puts in Ty Jerome, and it got worse. Didn't get it. Looney deserves to start every game if he wants to. Plus, you got Jaron Jackson in the middle of the Memphis lineup, and you've got nobody that can stop him with the exception of Draymond. I just didn't get it last night at all. I, I agree, Richard. That Don't it was, you get it? Yeah, I, I, thanks, Richard. I think last, night, right last night's lineup was ill-conceived. Yes, I, I, I agree. Badly managed. I agree. However, um, is there an overarching point there? Is this team where it is because of Steve Kerr? No, but I don't I, agree with that. I think you can look at certain things with Steve Kerr, and you can rightly say that he's not had a great year. And, you know, starting lineup last night, I think, was a dud. Although, when he went for his first sub, they were down 11. He takes Jordan Poole out, and by the end of the quarter, you're down 20. So, it wasn't like, hey, bench, come in and save the day. The one thing that I would ding Steve Kerr on, and I'm going to ask him this next week when we interview him for the first time, it's the defense. Why has the defense gone from being elite to being beyond mediocre? It's a bad defense. Motivationally, why is this defense not as interested in huh, playing defense? How many questions do you think you get? Because you, that's not the question you said you wanted to ask an hour ago. You said you wanted to ask him what happens when they go on the road. And I've got follow-ups too, Mark. Oh, you do? And luckily we get them weekly. We and do. Uh, we those do. interviews, uh, they, can, they can be longer yeah, than that. Yeah, we're, we're allowed to hang out for a little while, yeah, right? Yeah, it's such garden variety yeah. uh, in and out, you know, where you talk block me and I get my, <laughs> I get my one question. And by the way, I did get two that's a good questions in yesterday's wide reaching meeting with the boss. I think actually one of them was one of them was a great question. Yeah. However, he when he followed up with that's a good question, he was talking about the same question <laughs> he, he was. was referring to as the great so you, only get, you only get credit. one. Yeah, you don't get to double up uh, uh, you know <laughs> it just you. doesn't work that way. Uh Doug in Salt Lake City on Willard and Dips. Hey Doug, what are you doing? Hey, hey I'm I'm hanging out at the airport. Listening to you guys heading back to the Bay Area in about an hour. Nice and uh, safe flight. You know, uh, uh, you know. So I I, <laughs> I I listen to you guys whenever I can, even though sometimes you give me a hard time. I like what you said earlier about uh, the pivot uh, and the dynasty, and I think that they started out right. And when they lost their way, was it a dynasty? Doesn't mean you got to win every year. You know, a, a dynasty. How many teams have won three in a row? Kobe and, uh, and Shaq and Jordan in the modern era. That's it. If we had uh, stuck with the young guys, developed them, and won three out of four, this is the year we don't win. Now they messed everything up. Well, I don't okay. know what they're going to do. So, Doug, you have a completely fair point and, that uh, I don't think has a realistic answer. So, Because here, here's what I would say to that. You and I and you, Dibs, and so many people listening, we're coming at this from these, the, the, the angle of Warriors fans. Therefore, we are going to be Warriors fans when Steph Curry's no longer playing. So we care about that Warriors team. I don't think he does. So what's the answer to that question? 
You're saying, hey, in a dynasty, you need to give up some years in order to develop the young guys. What do you think Steph, Clay, and Dre would say if you walked into them, 35th birthday coming up here in just a moment, you walked into them and said, so this might not be our year because we want to develop these young guys. But then, you know, maybe when you're 36, we might be able to, we might be able try to again. give it another go. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 Steph's going to punch you in your face. Well, that's too soon, right? quite frankly. Sorry. No, but, but you're right. right. They're going to reject that idea. There is pressure on the organization from those three guys. Now, 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 now. But give, they give do understand. Right now. Those guys also understand that the organization has a duty to yes. make this product relevant going forward. So that's where this two timelines ideology exists. So how do you thread that needle? Well, you thread the needle by... Hoping that Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody, and Poole can be good enough to still maximize this championship window. And you mentioned it, Mark. Last year was a championship that kind of was born out of nowhere. Totally. It was the lotus growing in the mud because you weren't necessarily supposed to win that championship, but you did. Yep. So now the veteran core is thinking, all right, we got four. Let's get five. Let's bring back a couple of more really good veteran pieces like Otto Porter Jr. was and like GP2 was, and let's, quote, run it back. <laughs> and the team is like, yeah, we'll do that, but also here's some young guys. Enjoy them. And when it doesn't work early, that's when things started to break apart. I'm almost thinking, and, and this is a little tongue-in-cheek, but I'm thinking back to the parade, and the players are up on the buses, and the execs are in, like, those convertible cars. And you almost and we're wonder. We're a folding table. We're a folding table. On we, Drum Street. But we got like 18 pairs of Zennies, so it's going well. We're having, a, we're having a great day. Yeah. We're picking confetti out of our hair. Sorry, our hoodies. My bad. Man, <laughs> that felt personal. <laughs> but anyway, the players are up on the buses, and there's nothing more satisfying than that. They've got all the receipts. You've still got confetti in your bag. Yep. They've got all the receipts. They've essentially crossed the only bridge that was left across. It was twofold. Can you still do it? Is the dynasty over? Answers no. Steph, can you be finals MVP? Answers yes. So on that day, in that moment, they're on top of the bus, literally and figuratively. They've got all the power. And you wonder if the Bob Myers and the Kirk Lakeums of the world are cruising around in convertibles going, this is fun, but oh, crap. Yeah. Oh, crap. Because now what are we going to tell these three guys? Exactly. That's what it, I don't think that that's what was actually going on in their head, but that's real. That's real. You can't tell those three guys nothing anymore. And, and, and that's why James Wiseman plays for the Pistons. Yeah. Good little game last night, he by did. the way. Yeah, Double-double. And it, yeah. I don't know exactly who this is who blows up my Twitter with uh, James Wiseman, like oh, do you get stats every night? Yeah, when Wiseman has yeah. a good game, this guy and he hits me with like seven tweets. That's Back exactly the same, and I'm afraid you're you're gonna have to get blocked during the break because I I can't do it. I can't do it. Yes, I saw Wiseman. Can't win with him. He had a great game, and Detroit is still winless. By right. the way, with <laughs> James <one> Wiseman, <laughs> and I'm happy for James. Yeah. He's showing that he's a real NBA player. And someday... Sometimes. No, he's a real NBA yeah, player. He's a player. I don't know if he's a great player. But I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. is an NBA player. He's a guy who can play at this level and do things at this level that will keep him employed 
at this level. I didn't question that. Did you question that? I think he would have a roster spot. He can play. Right, but he's showing that he can at least be a player. Yeah, now, yeah, can yeah. he be a double-double machine for a playoff team or a championship team? That's yet to be determined. 888-957-9570, that's the number. we got to get a little further into Draymond and Dylan Brooks and some of the sound that came from the game from those two afterward. We'll get to that coming up next. I think we're going to pop in and say hi to Larry Kruger in Arizona here in about a half hour as well. But we'll keep taking your calls on this on the final 9 to noon edition of Willard and Dibs. YouTube, I apologize because you can't hear, but it's Phil Collins being played right now. It's well, a Phil Collins Friday. And for those of you who can hear Phil, maybe maybe you could explain why this is a moment for you. It's a moment because Joe Spadoni, who is probably 28 years old, mm-hmm. and I love the young people. You know that. 30 in a few months. Thank you. Whatever. Oh, wow. It's not about you, Joe. This is about me. You know, you're, you're not allowed to be a Memphis Grizzly here in a couple of months <laughs> there, Joe. Yeah. Can't be 30. Go ahead. I told you a long though. time ago. <laughs> When I got to know Joe, and he was uh, our radio engineer on my show, I said, dude, you need to lose the Phil Collins Friday. I mean, the audience doesn't want to hear Phil Collins on a Friday. Yeah, I mean. Why not? Because I love the young people. Let's skew younger. Do they want to hear it on a Tuesday? Like, what's wrong with Friday? They don't want to hear it at all. And I love Phil Collins. Like, wait a minute. We got a super. I slept out for Genesis tickets. Hold on a second. I think we do a pretty good job of covering the bases here. There are plenty of people listening who want to hear Phil Collins. And then there are plenty who don't, and we serve them as well, right? Yes. I want this station to be something that can play Drake and Phil Collins, all right? I'll allow it. Okay. But the reason why he's playing it is to get under my skin, and that I thought is it was, what I have no, issue I with. I thought it was to salute you and to say, you know... Via Cundio. <laughs> More like, so long, sucker. I think I you're wanna... sleeping on the younger demographic, Dibs. Don't forget, Tarzan right. came out when I was about five or six back in the late 90s, and that soundtrack, oh my God. Hey, all-timer <laughs> by Phil Collins. Things, Academy Award. Certain things stand the test of time. Do you want to know? Here, here, great example, and yes, get the drip drop ready. Here, did, whoop, whoop. Well, one time I played golf with Phil Collins. So one time I played golf with... Uh, <laughs> Brian Baumgartner. Actually, I've played with him more than once. Uh, like like three times, I played golf with Brian Baumgartner. You know him as Kevin from The Office. I know him from our show when uh, you know you and I booked him. Big Green Bay Packer fan. Yes, I was. I appreciated that you called him. Yeah, no problem. So anyway, um, part of the work that I do with the classes that I teach. Some of the content that Brian and I used to do on the golf course, we had a little show takeoff on Jerry Seinfeld's thing that ran on Golf Digest called Celebrities and Golf Carts. And Brian was one of the very first episodes. And so that's how I got to know him. And we show that show in the classes. And one thing, the reason I show it every quarter, every semester, is one thing I've noticed is when you're still 18, 19, 20 years old right now, you also love The Office. Yeah. My son is 16, loves The Office. So 
I don't know if Phil Collins is is a great comp here, but there are plenty of things that you and I feel like, well, that was ours yeah. 10, 15 years ago. And teenagers today are like, yep, that's mine too. So again, I don't know if Phil is that, but just because it was around uh, back when, uh, you know, you had more hair. Uh, then you have Again right now. with the hair. Just, I, you know, look, it's our... Are you going to take these personal shots to afternoon drive with you? <laughs> oh, by the way, and Ernest Chavez, again, we got to shout him out because he put another couple of bucks in the uh, in the hopper yeah. uh, to pay for a YouTube comment. And the kitty. He <laughs> said, Phil Collins Friday for those that observe. Yeah. Yeah. There you have it. Yeah. And uh, so it, maybe, it's funny you mentioned the maybe office. Maybe Phil stands the test of time. Maybe. Maybe. I, the reason why it always rankles me is because I had asked Spadone early on. This had to be four years ago when I started Middays with Steiny Guru and Dibs. I'd probably three years ago. I had asked him nicely to knock it off. So now every now and again, he will sprinkle it yeah. in because he actually pivoted. Pivot, don't pivot. Panic. He pivoted to 50 Cent Fridays. And I was like, you know what? I'm feeling that a little bit more. So we rode that for a long time. And now every so often, he will Phil Collins me. And I turn around to see him. And he's got that Spadoni smug grin on. Well, I, I want everyone oh, to know. It's you know we, we got to bring. Exactly. <laughs> he, he left during this entire totally. conversation. I don't know if that was a message. <laughs> he just had enough. Spadoni got up and walked out of the room. He just left. <laughs> that was a total hokey doke. I turn around and it's Lubman's hey, cheesy grin. Go on. <laughs> the old switcheroo. <laughs> totally. The old banana in oh, the tailpipe. Oh, gosh. Uh, leave, anyway. it, leave it to radio hosts to be on a date with someone and you're still talking. And you're real, they're not even there anymore. <laughs> totally. They went to the bathroom three minutes ago. So uh, anyway, yeah, like there's little idiosyncrasies here with uh, um, with our lineup change that is taking place on Monday. For those of you who uh, who don't know, uh, Bonte and Shasky. Uh, will be on from 6 to 10. Steiny and Guru will be on from 10 to 2. And Dibs, you and I are going to be on moving into afternoon drive uh, from uh, from 2 to 6. And uh, so there are little things behind the scenes that that means. And one of them is, for instance, that we're going to see a hell of a lot less of Joe Spadone. Right. Unless right. we want to come into work really, really early. Yeah. Which I, sometimes I will do because I told Bonte and Joe... Uh, once a month, which probably actually means once every two months, once a month, I'm going to come in and mess with them. I'm going to come in and mess with them. You know, just a day where I got nothing going on. Yeah. I come in at 10 a.m. and I'm just going to walk in here and I'm going to turn the mic on. I'm not going to ask if it's okay. I'm just going to do it. And we'll see what happens. I'll probably get yelled at, but that's what we're going to try. No, I like that. Or and maybe we won't. No, I don't know. <laughs> I actually am going to try and do the same thing. Occasionally, like once every couple months, uh, our sister station, Alice, yep. Sarah and Vinny will have me in studio, and I'd like to Thank think you. that they'll still do oh, that. Crazy. So, uh, you know, they're, they're a top-rated station, well, so yeah, it's always Sarah good for the brand. Sarah and Vinny, I mean, so when on. they want to have me on, I'll still come in, and at, in those days, I will pop in and because I, like, I love the changeover. Yeah, and, and we probably, like, you know, I don't know if it should be a payday sometime when we do this, but, like, I, feel, I sort of feel like I'm going to get... Uh, it may be uh, skinnier with this move. Um, like, I'm never going to have another donut. Like, we have been the donut people yeah. at this station. I don't know if you can do that when your show starts at 2 in the afternoon. Is that weird? So maybe we're going to have to still come in and, and see our friends in the morning and, 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 and bring... Uh, sugar with us. Yes, yeah. or we can uh, pivot, and again, I'm, I'm borrowing from Shasky at the Pivot Don't Panic a lot this uh, show, but I think pizza. I think we're going to have to turn into the pizza oh, show. Oh, gosh. Because I love the two you things that remember, I... remember, I still got a nine-year-old at home. Pizza is a constant... 
performer. Right. It's just everywhere. It's one of the four major food groups when you've got a nine-year-old. It's the food group. The kid thinks, and Google it, Google it, he thinks pizza's a vegetable, and I'd like, (laughs) no, I'd like you to disprove him. You can't. Google it. This is a thing. If you Google, is pizza a vegetable, you will get all kinds of wiki debate, like all kinds of things will come up. We've had this conversation filled with tomatoes and spices and is pizza a vegetable? I mean, I don't know if it's a reptile. I don't know what else you'd call it, but you can have what I think is a reasonable conversation as to whether or not pizza is a vegetable. And if it is, well... I could sit down with a pizza and decide that I've covered all the food groups, depending on what I put on it. Yeah, from uh, NPR, it depends on the sauce. It's, <laughs> who got the sauce? Right, the right. sauce. I guess if you go tomato sauce, yeah. isn't a tomato a fruit? I guess. Well, that's the other thing. Like, some, I mean, there's these we're going certain, down a rabbit hole I know, here. like a tomato's a vegetable. I know it's a fruit, but it's a vegetable. Do you know what I mean? They're like, I, I don't know what the, even the definition is. Does something have seeds? Does it not? If if a tomato is a fruit because it has seed, like what is then? That? What's a pumpkin? Right, is what a is pumpkin this? a fruit? I think it's a reptile. Anyway, <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> it's all sponsored by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. Speaking of not compromising, that's not anything that Draymond Green and Dylan Brooks are going to do anytime soon. Let's throw a little bit of this at you, Dylan Brooks, after the game. You told me before the game you were going to talk a lot. We saw you talking to a lot of different people tonight. What was the message that you had? To- Draymond. That's what I do. I talk. And, you know, I told him, I told, I, I told him that, um, you know, keep that mic, keep that mic, you better have the mic then pooping. You know what I'm saying? So, keep doing this podcast, keep blogging, keep doing this thing off the court. You know, it's cute. It's fun. For him. Yeah, and then he said as he walked off, it'll help me play better. And I was thinking, well, yeah, it, it needs to. Like, this was a weird vibe. They won. They won by 21. So, you get to you get to have the sideline interview. But Dylan Brooks doing a victory lap like, I won that round. You played awful. Dylan Brooks was terrible last night. Yeah, he was fine. They, they won the game. Yeah, they won. They he won. wasn't that bad. He, he should one, stop shooting three. Thank you. He was one of seven from three. But he was six of 15, I think, from the floor. Right. So that means he was five of eight from inside three. And that, so right. that, that's fine. It's fine. It's not, So maybe that was an overstatement of that word. But he didn't do anything special. Uh, Obama outscored him off of the thank bench. You. Thank you, Obama. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, that was not a game... And I get why TNT did it, and it's sort of my point about this back and forth. It doesn't feel that organic. It feels a little contrived to me. It's getting to the point where it feels a little forced, and I think TNT is helping. Draymond Green is an employee. Like, why do you have Dylan Brooks be the guy that you talk to after the game? He wasn't one of the top three best players on the floor for the Grizzlies last night. But that's because of this feud, if you want to even call it that. It's a feud. I think it's absolutely a feud. When one player comes out and the other player takes time out of his highly rated podcast to call him names, it makes it a feud. And when the players come together on the floor and they stand cheek to cheek and they're not doing a tango and they're basically, you know, if neither one of them had as many texts as they each do, that thing might have escalated. It might have been an escalation sensation. Maybe, maybe. Dylan Brooks has 16 texts which means he's already been suspended for a game. Draymond's got 15, which means the next tech 
he gets, he's suspended for a game. So if these two were both sitting on four or five techs, that might have escalated into a little bit more uh, of a battle. But I do think it's a feud, and I also do think it's a rivalry. I agree. I agree with the rivalry thing. We'll get to to that in a minute because Draymond Green was asked all kinds of things after the game. Uh, This is, I thought, an embarrassing game. Um, I, I thought a huge game that the Warriors needed, and they they totally whiffed. Uh, yet all the questions after the game, predictably, uh, were about Dylan Brooks. So here's here's Draymond on uh, on the face to face that the two got into. Uh, he thought he would like bait me, like he gets baited. I get technical fouls when I want to get a technical foul. I don't get baited into technical fouls. And so I think that's probably the difference in between me and him. If I do that to him, it'd be a double tech because he'd respond. But it's not a double tech because I didn't respond. You know, so one of us are baitable, one of us aren't. And that's just kind of how it goes. I get technicals when I want to get technicals. He's just an absolute genius. Uh, He's right. Is he? Because some of the technicals, if you look through the career, have come at very, very bad times. Well, and you're right. And maybe it's not totally accurate because there are times where he gets technicals where he seems to lose it. Uh, he had the two-tech game in Charlotte where they lost the game right. because of it, and he's been ejected he in spots. Yeah. But like last year in Memphis, when he got e- ejected from that ball game, that felt like that was a time where he wanted to get ejected. Draymond Green at times is like a Major League Baseball manager, an old-school manager, where your team's down 9-1 to one in the sixth inning and the manager's just damn sick of it. So he goes out there and kicks dirt on the ump. Right. Throw me out, ump, please. I, I, I want to get in the, in the clubhouse and drink a brewski. You think that stuff happens? I do. Like, oh, no more doubt. than we realize. Where, like, cause well, not been, anymore so much. There have been movies, though, where, like, right, even in, in basketball, like, you go over to the right, hey, hey, I need you to throw me out right totally. now. Totally. It was hey, a consideration. Well, what, 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 what would get you to throw me out? Well, you need to call me like a, uh, you need to call me a bleepity bleep. All right, uh, bleepity bleep. Hey, you're out of here. Hey, what? How you dare throw you me throw me out, out of here? Totally. Can't scream, run out. I mean, I think that stuff happens. All right, Draymond has asked, uh, was Dylan Brooks extra motivated? I don't know. You have to ask him. I'm not sure what motivates him. I know planning is us motivates him. So that's sure he was extra motivated, but played the way he plays, I think. Unless you saw something special that I didn't. Yeah, me either. Here's the one that's going to get everybody. And this is just what's so tough. Because what Warrior fans don't want now, you don't want the dynasty to become the thing that the guys are hanging on to one year too long. In other words, when things look bad, I don't think fans want to be told, yeah, but we're the best because we've been the best. So that means we're still the best in the absence of any motivation that we're the best. I don't think that rings very well, and that, to me, is what this sounded like. Uh, I mean, anybody can win in March. Anybody can win in March. What that mean? I have a hard time getting out of my bed in March. It's the game in March, me. Well, you just said on the shop in October, and you just said on your podcast less than 48 hours ago that this was a big game. So you can't do this, right? Like you go to uh, break up with someone and they're like, no, I'm going to break up with you first. You can't tell me you care. And then when it doesn't go well, go, "Eh, I didn't really care. That's what that sounded like. And you're going to play the March game as if to say, we're the Warriors. I mean, he sort of did to the Grizzlies what I've been doing to the Sacramento Kings. 
I mean, March winds are adorable. Totally. They're adorable. Defensive. So cute that you're over here caring about March because we have championship DNA, so we don't worry about March. Well, you worried about it two days ago to the point where you dedicated an entire podcast to this game. Right. You called him idiot. I don't know. You called him clown. I don't know. You called him champ, and then you corrected it into clown. And if you look at the regular season history between these two teams since Dylan Brooks became a Grizzly, the Warriors are up 11-9 to in the regular season. So that means games in October all the way through March and maybe even a game in April. And I know that it matters more what happens in May, April and May, and the playoff record is Warriors 4, Grizzlies 2, and ultimately that's the only thing that matters. That and four championships versus zero championships. But to your point, at some point, as Draymond Green and you even saw Dylan Brooks getting into Steph Curry a little bit last night and you saw Clay earlier this year with uh, Devin Booker of Phoenix talking about I got four rings I got four rings right which this is a great point that's always a great counterpoint in trash talk but at some point when your run is over those championships don't matter in the moment. I, I, th- this is a great point because you cannot continually tell us that you don't care when your behavior is showing the opposite. You're flashing. It, it, the four rings thing, I feel like, has come up in 10 games this year where you've either heard guys or red lips or, or seen the four fingers go up. It, it, to me, it kind of feels sad, to be honest with you. It's not that it's not true, but... Um, the Warriors' resume speaks for itself. You don't need to walk around telling everybody about it. That that does not feel good. That, they, that, that these three guys, and Steph hasn't done it, but these three guys, seemingly every time there's a young up-and-coming player scoring a, his 38th point in the third quarter, they're de- yeah, but, but four rings. Sure, yeah, we know that already. What's that got to do with now? What, honestly, what's it got to do with now? Nothing. It's got absolutely nothing. Until you get to the playoffs and you get into a series and then the championship pedigree, I think it does matter. So if it's Warriors and Grizzlies, if it's Warriors and Kings, if it's Warriors and Suns in the first round of the playoffs, the fact that the Warriors have been through playoff series, they've won playoff series, they've won playoff road games, those things matter then. But if you get into a spot where you get eliminated or you're down 3-1 against Memphis or you're down 3-1 against, God forbid, Sacramento. At that point, we got four rings. It doesn't matter for a hill of beans. By the way, since just because the Sacramento Kings just came up. Um, up to two. I'm driving in today. And the Kings are, Kings are a very good team. Although Mike Brown was fascinating last night. Did you see Mike Brown after the game? They won. They beat the Knicks. Yeah. And he, in the press conference afterwards, he's like, I hated every part about that game. Wow. Right. Which I think is Mike getting them ready for the playoffs. I think Mike is like, okay, Kings. Okay, baby Kings. You got to calm down. Like, you're, we're excited. Things are going really well. But if you're going to pat yourself on the back for outscoring people 130 to 125 in March, like, that's not the goal here. The goal is to be a really good playoff team. And so he wagged his finger at the team all night last night after the game. He goes, I'm glad we won. But I did not like anything about the way we played. So I think this is a mental thing, too, with Mike Brown, with his young team. And it's smart. But I'm driving Coach in. of the year, Mike Brown? Um, I, short list, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
heck of a candidate. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely doing the thing that usually wins you Coach of the Year, which is you're not necessarily the you did the best job. You your team is the team that the is biggest surprise, the biggest gap yeah. between what you are and what we thought you were. Although Draymond Green said in October, he goes, I think the Kings are going to get better. He said that on the shop. Yeah. Anyway, I'm driving in today, and Slates is on nice. with Bonte. Slates. You got to do it right. Thank Slates you. Slates is on with Bonte and Joe. And he's at the Kings game last night because Slates covers the Kings, too. Since the Kings game last night, they're on national TV. They're the, they're the second half of the doubleheader on TNT. And he starts talking about what it's like inside Golden One Center for a TNT broadcast. And Dibs... Sorry, not sorry. His point is exactly what I've been saying as to why, over the last week, the very effective and good Sacramento Kings, to me, are also adorable. Listen to this. Uh, it was great last night. They had the uh, rally towels and the funniest part. I love it. It's hilarious. When you, I've gone to now two TNT Kings games this year. It's like their first two TNT games since 2018. Like that, they hype the crowd. Like show the national audience what we're all about. They're just like you know hyping that they're on TNT, which is funny because then you go to a Warriors game and like you have to tell people that the game's on TNT. Adorable. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not ripping De'Aaron Fox. Oh, you are. Like You hate Sabonis. The Sacramento Kings feel like a minor league baseball team where they're like, okay, everybody. We're going live in 20 seconds. Let's make some noise. <laughs> but let's, that's, let's that's the, the evolution of, the of any fan base. Let's let the rest of the world know that we're here. That's what any fan base does when you haven't been there before. That's, and that's fun. And, and I Slate, find Slate. that adorable. He's right. They haven't had national TV games since 2018. And they are the featured game against the team from the Mecca. What did I liken it to the other day? It's just like your baby being born. It's adorable. My baby's adorable. Exactly. The Kings are a threat. Shit. My baby's no threat. Your baby's a threat. She's a threat to rock a diaper. This morning, I, I, I should have taken a picture and shown you what I'm dealing you with. You tell me Good God. a couple months ago when you got uh, 37 minutes of sleep a night, oh. you tell me she wasn't a threat. Oh, she She's was a, a threat. <laughs> She was, a freak. Yeah. she was a freaking nightmare. Kings are, the Kings are fantastic. Yeah. I find the story adorable. I find the human reaction to what the Kings are doing to be very, very cute. It is. Mike Brown is going to be coach of the year. He should be. And uh, he will be coach of the year for a second time. He won it back in uh, oh, 2009, yeah, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They went 66-16. and 16. See, and that year it was because the perception was, well, let's see, you've got one good player, and you won almost all your games. But it's different when you have prime LeBron James. LeBron James. It's different when you got prime LeBron. Um, okay. Willard and Dibbs, so glad you're with us. Uh, off we go into the uh, the final hour of our midday experience. Again, mm. if you're just joining us, we're moving to 2 to 6 in the afternoon on Monday. Uh, so this is your last chance, especially if you're a midday listener. It's your last chance to kick us around. 888-957-9570. We will take your calls. It's all sponsored by AC Transit. And we're also going to hip-hop out to uh, Arizona live on the scene at Giant Spring Training, but we'll talk everything. Brock Purdy, Warriors, and Giants with our buddy Larry Kruger coming up next on Withered and Dips.